This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. Shotgun snap, Murray quarterback run to the left. He's at the 20, to the 15, to the 10. Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Budabaker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux and Paul Calvisi. Well, once again, running the two-man game here and very excited about this week's show. For the next hour, Paul will teach us about football. At least that is what I've been told and what I hear whenever Paul Calvisi is on the air. Not so much you, Craig Grigalou. It's Ron Wolfley. All right, that's when we bust out the let me tell you about football. Because I will tell you, I don't need any more stinking pictures sent from their vacations from the two voices we just heard, Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley, going on about 20 years as a collective voice of the Arizona Cardinals. If I get another stinking picture from Italy (laughs) of Dave Pash's castle and the vacation up in Tuscany and all that. I don't need it. Let's talk ball. All right. Well, there is a reason we do have Paul Calvisi here for this week's Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. When we talk defense and specifically defensive line, I'll give you credit. Might want to mark this. Yeah. Where's my my pen here? Here we go. It was you who I first heard. Now, whether you got this from someone else, but when you talk about the defense and the defensive line, just how valuable... A full season's worth of J.J. Watt could be to Vance Joseph and the entire Arizona Cardinals team in 2022. Well, it's not just his production. It's not just a former three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. It's, It's his leadership. It's just walking into a football game and you have the badass that is J.J. Watt walking in with you. Like walking into a biker bar and you have some sort of superhero black belt walking in with you. All of a sudden, you know what? You might be a little more mouthy in that bar. It's just sort of a mentality and attitude. It is the leadership that J.J. Watt exhibits at all times. Heck, you saw it at the end of the mandatory minicamp, Craig. There was head coach Cliff Kingsbury. The whole team gathered around. You know what? Next stop, training camp. Do the right thing over the next five or six weeks. And J.J. Watt was firing guys up and delivering an impassioned speech as to what the expectations are starting with the 2022 season and when guys report on July 26th. He's always first in line when you watch practice and he goes full speed coaches have to kind of dial him back a little bit just that's how he is and when you look at what he was able to accomplish in just a very short amount of time last season seven games worth well the Cardinals were seven and oh yes and overall the stats don't look great but he did produce those final three games and it's just the other team having to account for number 99 and that opens up everything else for his teammates. It's another player that the quarterback breaks the huddle and says to himself, okay, wait a minute, where's 99? Just like, where's Buda Baker? Just like, where's Isaiah Simmons lined up? These are the kind of, just like Chandler Jones used to be, where's 55? So these are the things that give offensive coordinators and quarterbacks pause. And when J.J. Watt was out there, especially as you cited, his last three or four games where he really showed up in the box score and in the stats – 
look, we all know what a penetrating defensive lineman does for any defensive front. It's the quickest way to a quarterback. It's why Lorenzo Alexander said when they were ranking, just recently said when they were ranking the top combination of edge rushers in the NFL, that it was a flawed theory. It should be Aaron Donald and anyone alongside Aaron Donald because that's how dominant. Well, J.J. Watt at his best is that sort of difference maker, and he can be that guy for the Cardinals defense if if he stays healthy this season. Here are those numbers that we referred to those last three games that J.J. Watt played last season. Nine tackles, three tackles for loss, a sack, seven quarterback hits, two passes defensed, and one forced fumble. Now, you wonder what he's able to do for 17 games. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. I think we were 7-0. He was rocking, you know, full go, and he was up there on the pressure rate, and he brings so much more to the team. I mean, like I've said it before, kind of has that Brady effect where when guys are on the field with him, they don't want to let him down. They don't want to not know their assignment or loathe to a play because they know how hard he goes, how well prepared he is, and he's, he's a special talent on and off the field for us, and it would be great if, if we can have him all 17 games. And you hear Coach mention his teammates and one of those players, and there's now a lot when you talk about a Cameron Thomas added to this team as far as that front seven is concerned, but a Zach Allen, a Michael Dogby, all of these players, not making J.J. Watt feel old, but they watched J.J. Watt in Houston, watched him as they grew up wanting to be on that football field and be a J.J. Watt. And the Brady effect is very real. I mean, it's amazing that I forgot about that soundbite because just last week in the Big Red Rage, A.Q. Shipley was our guest and he won a ring with Tampa in 2020. And I just asked him about how you know they hadn't even been to the playoffs, Tampa, despite a lot of talent in a dozen years. Tom Brady shows up, they win the Lombardi, and A.Q. Shipley said it was exactly that, that Brady effect. The guys don't want to let him down, that He's so invested. He has so much time before and after practices. Everyone sees the commitment by a future Hall of Famer, maybe the greatest ever to play the game at any position. And so guys don't want to let him down. And that that's what J.J. Watt does for that room. And you saw it's also just the bravado on the sideline and the confidence you get. I mean, it was that first game in that big jank stomping to the Titans last year. And there he was. NFL Films caught him on the sideline. No one should be surprised by this. This should be the expectation, and that is what he does. That's sort of the J.J. Watt effect I, from what I saw last year is he does set expectations. And he has to be in uniform. It's one thing when he's standing on the sidelines watching and still trying to be that presence, but when he's on the football field, and this goes for any player, you're much better as far as leading by example as opposed to just leading from the sideline. And I think there is that natural trickle-down effect to his teammates. And you know what? If you go back to Kurt Warner in the Super Bowl run, 2008 season, Kurt Warner talks at length about how when the Cardinals clinched the division – he noticed a real letoff. Guy said, you know what? We checked that box. We're good. No, you're not good. The next step is to make a playoff run. Not just make the playoffs. Make a playoff run. And I I firmly believe if J.J. Watt would have been healthy when the Cardinals got to 10 wins a year ago, that he would have been that boot to the rear. He would have been the guy setting those expectations. But to your point, it's very tough to do when you're on the injured list. He has to be healthy. And speaking of health, we did see a healthy Zach Allen for all 17 games. Remember, he did miss a couple of games because he was on the reserve COVID-19 list. But otherwise, first time last season that we saw Zach Allen play an entire season without 
injury or out missing time due to injury. Although, as we learned this offseason, he played most of that second half of the season on basically one leg as he had to go under when ankle surgery in the offseason but is now is feeling fine yeah he said there were several games where he's basically playing without any ankle ligaments which is hard to believe and you know what it's a testament to his toughness to be that kind of guy to be out there and he played pretty darn well to be that banged up and he gutted it through because he knew the cardinals needed him on that defensive front here's a guy along with a michael dogby who has been so invested the last few off seasons really hasn't taken much of a break if any and has added weight, has added good weight, and and it's a big year for him going into a contract yep. year for a guy who's taken near the top of the third round four years ago. Zach Allen not only uh, has a big season ahead of him in terms of the Cardinals' plans and the depth chart, but it could be a big paycheck waiting for him if he cashes this thing in. Set career highs in tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, quarterback hits, passes, defense, and fumble recoveries. Again, most of that, at least the second half, as he said, quote, my tibia was basically floating, so the oh. tape was the only thing kind of holding it together. End quotes. He is, though, healthy, enjoying this offseason. And the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, wants to see Allen take that next step this year. Continues to improve. I would say that that's the biggest thing from when we first got him here to where, um, you know, at times he played last year. I, I think he's just going to get better and better. His work ethic is tremendous. Got to stay healthy. Obviously, that, that's number one. But uh, very smart player and has gained size, has gained strength, and each year has gotten better. You look at now J.J. Watt, Zach Allen, Lucky Fotu, Rashard Lawrence, Michael Dogby. Those are pieces. Does another piece need to be added within that defensive line room? Rob Fredrickson, who you had a chance to co-host last week's Big Red Rage with, mentioned defensive tackle perhaps is a position that Steve Kime should look into. I wouldn't be surprised if we're starting to Kime time looking at some defensive tackle help the more you can keep those offensive linemen off of those linebackers and allow them to be free runners and use their athleticism, you know, that that, that is what a, a great defense really needs. You know, Tony Saragusa, uh, rest in peace, um, what he did for Ray Lewis and that, that Baltimore Ravens defense, mm. uh, you can't overstate that. It, it really it is the one of the most important positions is to have those interior defensive linemen stout and chewing up those offensive linemen and allowing athletic linebackers like we have, allowing them free reign to run. Goes back to your earlier comment, Paul, here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat, rushing up the middle. The quickest distance between two points is a straight line. No doubt. And if you have that big guy who can also take the double team and allow those linebackers to flow and go sideline to sideline, to Rob's point, he should know he spent a decade in the league playing linebacker. That is so invaluable. You look at what Aaron Donald does, obviously, for the Rams defense. You go back to 2020, A.Q. Shipley mentioned 380-pound Vita Vea, and he was that guy. And you know how critical Devin White and, and that inside linebacker core was for Tampa en route to the Lombardi Trophy two years ago. Those guys were an absolute force. And I think, I think this is just me surmising now, if the NFL's a copycat lead, I think the Cardinals front office took a look at that Tampa 2020 uh, NFL title team and said, guess what? We need a couple of those. So they took Isaiah Simmons and then they took Zayvon Collins. But again, if those offensive linemen are immediately getting off blocks or defeating some of those down blocks and getting to the second level, that's going to be a problem for those young linebackers. Well, make you know, we talk about getting pressure on the quarterback, but also that running game and making sure that that running back doesn't get to the third. 
defensive linemen are at least slowing the ball carrier down so those inside linebackers can make a play. And you know what? That right there is worth an investment in a defensive lineman, in my opinion. We've talked about this. What is Seattle going to do? What is the only thing they can do this year? Run the ball. They're not going to have the quarterback to have a pass-first offense. Absolutely not. What does Kyle Shanahan do with that scheme? They want to run the ball. And then, of course, Sean McVay, the adjustment they made after that three-game losing skid last year was to become more of a balanced offense, go back to more of the Todd Gurley offense. They're going to have a healthy Cam Akers. This division likes to run the ball. You better be able to stop the run. Just getting started here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seats. A reminder, episode 32 of the Dave Patch podcast featuring Cardinals offensive lineman Justin Pugh available now to catch up on past episodes. Follow the Dave Patch podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at HashPod. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Garoppolo back to pass, goes over the middle, behind the intended receiver, and a diving interception at the five-yard line. It's Jalen Thompson with a pick. I think Jalen Thompson is just scratching the surface of what he could possibly become. Quick throw over the middle, it's broken up at the 40-yard line, incomplete by Jalen Thompson, made a good play, breaking on the receiver. You watch Jalen Thompson right there lined up in the slot. That was just what a corner would typically do the way he broke on that slant. You forget Jalen Thompson, though not a part of the 2019 draft, was a little asterisk, a member of that draft class, drafted in the supplemental round as the Cardinals gave up a fifth-round pick for Thompson. And you talk about Kyler Murray going into year four. We just talked, Paul, about Zach Allen, year four for him. It's year four for Jalen Thompson, and very quietly, he has moved up the ranks, if you will, for fans that follow the Arizona Cardinals and looking at that defense as far as productivity and players that this team is counting on. Every Cardinals fan who watched every play last year has an appreciation for Jalen Thompson. If nothing else, just his open field tackling. I I never ever thought I would say that there is someone who rivals a Buda Baker when it comes to open field tackling. But the two of those guys, for better or worse, saved a lot of touchdowns last year with a lot of open field tackles. And look, we've seen a number of safeties over the years, Craig, uh, you and me combined, who weren't so adept in the open field of tackling. It truly is an art. It truly is a skill. And, And you know what? He is a guy who didn't get nearly enough attention for leading the Arizona Cardinals in tackles a year ago. And if there is one guy who's poised to get a lot more national recognition this year, my vote would be for Jalen Thompson. Three interceptions, seven passes defense. Thompson, when he addressed the media this offseason, mentioned that Buda Baker is pushing for him, both of them, to be a part of the NFC Pro Bowl roster, that that is the next step to get Jalen Thompson not just local attention, but some national attention as well. And you know what's great is, is they're so versatile. You can see Buda Baker drop down into the box of the slot or maybe even come off the edge in a safety blitz. And then the next snap, boom, they reverse it. There's Jalen Thompson threatening to come off the edge. And right pre-snap, he'll drop back into a center field high safety position. It's just really interesting. When I'm on the sideline, I have one eye on the offense when the Cardinals on defense. Defense. And my other eye, a lot of times, goes to those two safeties and how interchangeable they are. And I got to imagine for any quarterback, that's really problematic because they don't, it's not a traditional strong safety, free safety. It's not a traditional box safety and center field safety. Those guys are moving all over the place and it gives Vance Joseph a lot of options. 
Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, but specifically talking about Jalen Thompson. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, he's an incredible story. Getting drafted in the supplemental draft like he did, coming in that late, just going right to training camp and then emerging as one of our better players on the team has, has been tremendous. And I was very familiar with him because Mike Leach was at Washington State when he was there and had heard all these great things. But then you watch him day in, day out, the work ethic, the preparation, uh, one of the best open field tacklers in the league. And uh, he's just been a tremendous help for our defense. And might that help be something that you just alluded to, but seeing more of Jalen Thompson and maybe even Buda Baker, but play some nickel corner. We know the unfortunate news with Jeff Gladney and now all of a sudden a need at cornerback when you're talking about a number three or number four could potentially a Jalen Thompson be that guy? Well, reverse engineer, right? As you've adroitly pointed out throughout the offseason, where's Isaiah Simmons been practicing during the open media sessions in terms of a position group? The safeties. So, all right, wait a minute. If Isaiah Simmons is going to be that safety, and not necessarily a box safety because we've seen him playing center field for Vance Joseph as well, does that mean a Buda Baker and or a Jalen Thompson could be the answer inside? Now, ideally, and I've talked to a number of coaches about this, Byron Murphy would be that slot corner. They think he is exceptional as a slot corner, like a Pro Bowl caliber slot corner. But by need... And by necessity, boom, you might have to move him outside because of the tragic passing of of Jeff Gladney. So if that's the case, okay, who would be that slot corner? And at this point, without a time time sign, yeah, I would say Abuda Baker, Jalen Thompson are as good a candidate as anyone based on whatever coverage Vance Joseph is employing. And the coaches, I think, and Kingsbury was asked specifically about Thompson and Baker on being that slot corner now it might not be an entire game or an entire season but when needed and it just might be something that you are forced into doing because one what the roster is and then two if that offense is going four wide five wide and you need that extra defensive back well who's your best coverage guy maybe it is a safety and think about it your week one matchup against Kansas City is it too early to talk about week one matchups absolutely not we're already going there Who do they have as their most viable receiving threat right now, minus Tyreek Hill? It's Travis Kelsey. It's the tight end. So, okay, have we seen Buda Baker battle George Kittle in the past? Yes, we have. But in this case, probably the more opportune matchup would be six foot four Isaiah Simmons. And so if Isaiah Simmons is that guy, especially when a Travis Kelsey flexes out. And then, boom, all of a sudden, Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker have the ability to play more of a traditional safety role. But we all know Patrick Mahomes and that offense, Andy Reid, they love to go four wide, 10 personnel. All of a sudden, you might need an Isaiah Simmons and a Buda Baker or a Jalen Thompson to be at the line of scrimmage checking a man. It just be, might be that next thing, that next step that Thompson was talking about this offseason, getting him more involved. Not that you can get any more involved than he already was leading the team in tackles, but just doing it at a different position. And he is, once again, we talk about the future. Jalen Thompson, you would think, is a part of this future defensively and the entire Arizona Cardinals. And it's remarkable. I mean, a fifth-round supplemental pick, and he's on the verge. I would say there's a real good chance he's going to get a big bag along with a Byron Murphy Jr. You can pull these guys out of the draft. They can be the core. Think about that secondary right now. Think of how young all of them are, all of them between 23 and 26 years of age. If you can lock these guys down, this can give you a lot of returns for a lot of years. Not unlike when the Cardinals were winning 13 games and going to NFC Championship games most recently. You had a Pat P, you had a Tyron Matthew, you had Rashad Johnson. 
I mean, these guys were the core of a secondary. And once these guys play all these games together and they get the snaps together, it just becomes the communication becomes so next level. And they're able to just make adjustments, sight adjustments. They look at each other, yep. they can make eye contact. And it's so necessary and vital in today's world of advanced NFL offenses and everything they're trying to do to gain a little bit of an edge and all these pre snap adjustments and audibles. Boom, if your secondary can react accordingly and react instantly without mental errors because they've played together so long, it's really invaluable. You're not the only one thinking that potentially Thompson and Byron Murphy might be in line for contract extensions. Go back to the scouting combine in February. General Manager Steve Kime. Without- I can't just look at this offseason. I have to continually look three years in advance and try to see where some of these contracts are going, how we're pushing money forward, because it's going to catch up to you at some point. You have to be cognizant about future years, the way you structure these deals, and knowing that you have a, a number of young players. And it doesn't just stop with Kyler. If you look at our roster makeup, there are guys like Byron Murphy, Jalen Thompson, really good young stars that obviously need to be rewarded too. And again, I would add a Zach Allen to that mix. We all focus on the quarterback, and rightfully so, but there are other players that are entering the final year of their own deals that could be well on their way to getting a contract extension. The big question for Steve Kime right now is, does he feel the need and the urgency to add to that secondary, especially when it comes to a corner? Now, we saw the tryout and the eventual signing at the mandatory minicamp of Josh Jackson, a former round two pick who had floundered the last couple of years. Maybe just maybe they can somehow get some return from him a kid with good size still very young you know I mean we saw what happened with Rasul Douglas last year he rediscovered his career unfortunately did it with the Green Bay Packers maybe they can somehow hit on a Josh Jackson if not Robert Alford I mean, he's conspicuous by his tweets out there. You got to figure he's on the radar and and is someone who knows this defense and knows Vance Joseph and is a reliable outside corner. And you know what? He's a true dog, Robert Alford. We know that. He's great in run support. I don't think anyone would be surprised if that's an addition right before camp. Well, they brought back, talking about Steve Keim and that front office, they brought back an Antonio Hamilton. I'd like to see Robert Alford just selfishly brought back because we know, one, when healthy, and that's been the big question, mark during his three-year run with the Cardinals but when healthy he is a physical corner not afraid of contact and he was playing very very well last season and you know what it made for a sound secondary when he was in there and you know this but if you go to the week 14 Monday night loss to the LA Rams up until that game the Cardinals secondary given up three plays of 40 plus yards all year long three passing plays of 40 plus yards in that game that loss that one score loss to the Rams they gave up three 40 plus yard passing plays in that game alone that was the first game without Robert Alford there was some what of a trickle-down effect once he left the secondary. It was never quite the same. It was never as buttoned up and as reliable as when Robert Alford was in there. I'd love to see him back, and I do think, whether it's him or someone else, that there is going to be another move made, not just a Josh Jackson, but another veteran, another body in that cornerback room because, yeah, there are some young pieces But you know what they say, you need help and you can never have enough cornerbacks. You need at least three viable cornerbacks in today's NFL. And a lot of coaches would tell you four. And so it's an area of concern. When you look at the Cardinals depth chart, you're like, okay, are they stacked? Can they compete? We'll find out. I mean, we'll we'll know based on whether Steve Kine makes a move or not. Arizona Cardinals season tickets available now. Visit azcardinals.com slash season for more information. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
Garoppolo, three-step drop. Steps up, gets hit, and sacked back at about the 13-yard line by Marcus Golden. When you need a play, 44 is there. Start barking. <laughs> Give the Robinson running right. Met by Kennard, who got off a block and stuffed the play. Hands it off. Nowhere to run between the tackles. Devon Kennard back to throw Flacco. Sacked by Gardeck. Oh, my goodness. What a move by Dennis Gardeck, the barbarian. Flacco in the pocket, going to get hit and sacked. Dennis Gardak got him again. Dennis Gardak got up and did a little barbarian dance around the fire. How many years, Paul, did we ask a very simple question with not so simple of an answer? The cornerback opposite Patrick Peters. Yes. Repeatedly, season in and season out. Well, a different take on that question here as we continue on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. The question now is, who is the edge rusher opposite Marcus Golden? Without Chandler Jones, yeah, you have Marcus Golden, but who else does this team have to get after the quarterback? Who's going to be Marcus Golden's hunting buddy? Yeah, because that's all you hear out of Marcus Golden around the sideline. Let's hunt. We got to go hunt. And right, And that's, that's the key word. All right, so Marcus Golden, your sack leader a year ago. Yes, despite five sacks in the opener against Tennessee, he actually finished with more sacks than Chandler Jones. However, Chandler Jones did end up with more quarterback hits and quarterback pressures. So, look, it's a big loss. How do you account for that loss? Well, the easy answer is you don't. Yes. You just don't. You, there's just no way he's a Hall of Famer. He has over 100 career sacks. Just the specter of 55 alone demands attention from an opposing offensive coordinator, and now they're going to set their blocking schemes that week. So, okay, but when you look at, for example, what a Dennis Gardak did when he was fully healthy, oh, I don't know, replacing Chandler Jones in 2020 when Chan went down at the Jets game in empty MetLife Stadium, I remember it vividly, and everyone realizes, oh boy, there's a bicep injury, and those typically will sideline a guy for an entire year. That's exactly what happened, and the Cardinals still finished in the top five in sack percentage and sack production that season. So whether it's Gardeck, whether it's Devon Kennard, whether it's one of the rookies, Everyone's going to be watching Vance Joseph to figure out what does he have in mind. There are a number of options when you ask that question. Who is that edge rusher opposite Marcus Golden? Something Devon Kennard recently on the Big Red Rage talked about. I think it, it provides a lot of opportunity for everybody in our room. And, you know, uh, Marcus Golden obviously is going to step up in a major way. But we have me and Dennis Gardeck. We got three rookies that we just drafted and, and Victor Dimikije from last year. So, uh, you know, I'm confident in our room. I think it's a good mix of young guys who are hungry and, and some veterans who really know what they're doing. And, and uh, we're going to get the job done. I feel like it's going to be, um, you know, a really explosive room, an exciting room. Um, and we're going to be a big part of why we win. Before we get into the three draft picks, specifically Cameron Thomas and MyJ Sanders, I think Kennard is an interesting discussion point because what we've seen from him is he's really good at setting the edge and making sure that those run plays don't become giant run plays. But before arriving with the Arizona Cardinals, with the Detroit Lions, he was a great pass rusher. And he's been a good pass rusher in the National Football League. Might the chain be unleashed a little bit for a Devon Kennard this season. And you know what? He was semi-offended on the Big Red Rage when I asked him whether he was equipped to be a starter this year. And he looked me in the eye and he said, I was a starter my entire career before I got to the Arizona Cardinals. So the easy answer is yes, Paulie Pencilneck. I'm definitely capable of starting. You could tell just 
based on the manner in which he answered the question, he's very much looking forward to reproving himself as a starting caliber outside linebacker, as an edge guy. Now, whether he's going to get to the quarterback, we'll see. It's not always about getting the quarterback down. Do you affect the play? Charlie Bolin talked about that in a recent Big Red Rage, the outside linebackers coach. And it was interesting because he brought it up in context of Dennis Gardeck, who last year was a shutout, right? Didn't have a single no sack. Sacks. Okay, and he w- and obviously he was coming off the ACL. He suffered in Week 15 in that Philly game uh, a season earlier. And and Dennis Gardeck has said this offseason. He thought he was 100%. Now he realizes he wasn't 100%, etc. But Charlie Bowen said the reason they gave him three years, $12 million this offseason was because when they watched the film, he was affecting the play. And he was opening the way for other guys to get to the quarterback. So... That is something they need out of Devon Kennard, Dennis Gardak, whoever is going to be opposite Marcus Golden. And that's going to be sometimes a little bit hard to see in real time because what do we look at when the stats are passed out at the end of the game? How many sacks did a player get? And that was the big knock on Chandler Jones didn't get enough sacks but how many times would he almost there or maybe he was just affecting the quarterback enough get him off his spot hurry the throw so someone downfield could either get a pass deflection or maybe an interception I think it was Zach Allen who said recently Chandler Jones was the guy who made the ball come out quick he said you know and that's one way when you're watching the film okay was there a sack was there an official quarterback pressure was there a quarterback hit or did the quarterback just feel the urgency and the need to get rid of the ball quickly and that's my big fear Craig because if the Cardinals can't get to the quarterback we all know the two priorities in the NFL right now one you better have a quarterback two you better be able to get to the quarterback because if you give the opposing quarterback an extra second or two to find an open receiver and that means your DBs are having to cover for an extra second or two that's sort of akin in baseball to giving the opponent an extra out having a bad defense right you give them more chances like that that usually does not bode well for your team Cardinals did not address edge rusher in free agency. They let Chandler Jones go. But in the draft, they did, adding three players, two in the third round, Cameron Thomas and MyJ Sanders. Defensive quarter advanced Joseph on his two new pass rushers. You can't replace Chandler Jones. I mean, he, he's a Hall of Fame rusher, you know, so you can't replace that production. But as a group, we can. You know, I think Monte is going to be fine. Uh, Cam's a big, strong, physical rusher. They're young, but they can rush. And, um, you know, rushing is obviously a learned behavior, but it starts with ability, you know, and they both have the ability to rush. So hopefully those guys can help us and we can obviously uh, scheme some things up to help us also. But in the, the day, you know, we got to rush four and win one on one. So those guys should help us win. Thomas, 6'4", 267. Sanders, 6'5", 248. Maybe will be even a little bit bigger when you get closer to the regular season. So, yeah, you have options, but you also have Vance Joseph and scheming it up. But how many times can you go to that well during the regular season? Because, as Coach just mentioned, you got to be able to win your one-on-one matchups. It can't just be on the scheme. And, and you can't be a liability in the run game if you're one of those two third-round rookies. Here's the thing. If there's a position group, I'd say there's three position groups where rookies can be plug and play. Running back, an outside cornerback where you just say, you know what, you just have man coverage against that receiver, go get him. And I would say edge rusher in a obvious passing situation. So if a MyJ Sanders or a Cameron Thomas is deemed ready and equipped by a Vance Joseph, 
I figure you could see them as an option. And here's the thing, and A.Q. Shipley talked a little bit about this, is if you get a variety of different pass rushers, different body types, different skill sets going against that same tackle, that makes it pretty darn difficult for a tackle. So maybe there's something to that this year where that opposing tackle will get a variety of a Devon Kennard, a Dennis Gardeck who's more like a pit bull at six feet, a Myjay Sanders who's almost six foot five, a long, lean sort of Chandler Jones type, a Cameron Thomas. It's 6'4", 270, more of a power guy like a J.J. Watt. You're changing the look constantly for the tackle. Maybe the Cardinals can get some production that way. Maybe. Victor DiMuchegi is another name to mention. Did not play a lot of defense, but he was active on game day. He was part of that special team's core. And for a young draft pick, if you're Thomas and Sanders, in order to be available on defense, you might have to show up on special teams in order to dress. And you know what you need on the special teams is that motor, right? And that's one thing all those guys you just named are known for, whether it's Steve Kime, whether it's their position coaches. Cameron Thomas, I asked him for one word to describe his game. He said, relentless. And when Kyle Vandenbosch was in recently, and we were talking to him just about, okay, as a great pass rusher of your time and a three-time Pro Bowler, how far can a motor go? He said, absolutely. I predicated my whole career. I'm just never giving up on the play. Now, he's humble. He's a big guy with a lot of athleticism. But if you have that relentless pass rushing attitude, it is amazing how productive you can be. And I firmly believe that's one of the big reasons those guys are Arizona Cardinals. Because they watch the film. Whether it was my Jay Sanders, Cameron Thomas, and Victor D. McKagey, they were relentless. Well, it's one reason they've got the biggest effort guy in that room in Marcus Golden. Sure. Yeah. He was one of the no not the one of the originals, but it's it's the effort that he gives, even on the practice field, that maybe oh, and all of a sudden you got these younger players to look and say, all right, yes, it can work. Maybe you don't have that skill set or that toolbox worth the moves like a Chandler Jones, but the effort, you don't get him in the first quarter, but when the game matters, fourth quarter, two minutes to go, you're getting to the quarterback. And at the same time, and Vance Joseph said this to, to the media in his one and only media session with the media in the offseason, there are times in the game where you got to rush four and still beat your man. It can't always be bringing numbers, bringing exotic schemes, bringing something advanced and crazy that it's going to try. You can't always try and fool an offensive line in the pass protection. Sometimes you got to go out and just flat beat your man. So we'll find out early in camp what do these guys look like when they're going in the one on one offensive lineman, defensive lineman drills. How does a MyJ Sanders stack up against a DJ Humphreys? Because DJ Humphreys has been used to going against Chandler Jones mano a mano at Cardinals camp for the last five years. All right, can MyJ Sanders hold his own? And if this Thomas and Sanders get on the field, then they will help if you get into third and long situations to where to your point, hey, one thing to do beat your man, get to the quarterback, get into the backfield, but you got to be able to win on first and second down in order to set that up on third down. Once again, I firmly believe it's been proven over time that's something a rookie can do. Running backs, cornerbacks, and edge rushers. Well, if you want to see Cameron Thomas and my Jay Sanders in action this season, Arizona Cardinals single game tickets available now. Visit azcardinals.com slash tickets for more information. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Trips right, single receiver left. Shotgun snap to McCoy. Hands off Benjamin off the left side of the 15. He trucks a DB and walks into the end zone. His first touchdown. 
Eno Benjamin just ran over former Cardinal Drake Kirkpatrick and maybe put this one out of reach. 30 to seven midway through the third. Eno Benjamin's a little filthy. Man, for the first one, two, for his first touchdown, that was awesome, incredible to see. It's a, you see no hesitation, you know, for the contact and you know, he picked his legs up running out of it. So special back. No question, a highlights of Eno Benjamin's brief early career, but a highlight overall of the Cardinals' 2021 regular season. Eno Benjamin with his first rushing touchdown against the San Francisco 49ers. You heard James Conner talk about it. And something that the visual of Eno Benjamin lowering this pad level, as Wolfley likes to say, and Drake Kirkpatrick going backwards three or four yards. It was, it was down goes Drake Kirkpatrick, the former Cardinal. And I cannot tell you how the Cardinals' sideline reacted. Everybody vaulted off the bench. The defensive guys getting a Gatorade. Everyone went bananas. You could hear the crack of the pad. Sort of like when somebody hits a Titanic home run, you can hear the crack of the bat. You could hear him just plowing straight through Drake Kirkpatrick, and there's nothing that will fire up a sideline more than a running back just laying the lumber, and that's exactly what Eno did. He has put in the work. He has put in the time. Talking about Eno Benjamin, obviously, Obviously, Cardinal fans familiar with him just down the street at Arizona State, but making a name for himself within that running back room. And you look at the depth and the numbers in the running back room. We know it's James Conner, but then number two, do you want another James Conner talking about Daryl Williams or do you want that? Chase Edmonds type, who has the ability to run and also catch out of the backfield? All right, so do you see Chase Edmonds and Eno Benjamin? I'll be honest with you, Wolf and I have debated this for almost three years now. I don't necessarily see a ton of Chase Edmonds and Eno Benjamin. A little bit, a little bit. Wolf is adamant that the moment he saw Eno Benjamin, he thought of Chase Edmonds. And I think it's an astute observation to bring up the question itself because could that be his role? Could he be that third down back? Could he be the back who is almost guaranteed to making the first guy miss, which Chase Edmonds was so good at, right? Put him out on a linebacker and it's an automatic mismatch just based on the athleticism alone. I hope that's where it's trending and I hope that's what Eno Benjamin gives the Cardinals this year. But I'm not so confident that's exactly the comp I would use for Eno. What about you? Is he talking about Eno Benjamin? Is he as elusive as a runner as Chase Edmonds? I don't think we've seen it as of yet. Can he be that guy who makes a defender miss in open space? That I think he has to prove himself. What he has proven is his pass catching ability and his pass protection. The latter more so opening up eyes for coaches because you need that protector especially if you're in on third down and the question is how much will we see him this year has he earned the trust of a cliff kingsbury who unprompted has brought up eno benjamin's name two three four times you might need two hands at this point to count all the times that cliff kingsbury has name dropped eno benjamin with the media to the point where i've actually had a conspiracy theory that wait a minute do they have too many running backs and are they trying to move an eno benjamin if a team suffers an injury in training camp are they trying to pump up Anito Benjamin, because he's in the last year of his deal, maybe gets something in return. Now, since I came with that maybe irresponsible (laughs) conspiracy theory, I've come to learn that, no, the coaches do think it is legit. He's about as improved as anyone on this roster. Well, it's not the coaches. His teammates, offensive players, Justin Pugh recently on the Dave Pash podcast, praising, once again, unprompted Eno Benjamin. 
I think James kind of keeps that that same role. We'll go out there. He'll be short yardage. He'll. He, I mean, I mean, he was getting out in the passing game, doing screens, doing all those things. He was unbelievable. I think a guy to look for is Eno Benjamin. He's looked great in, in uh, minicamp so far. He's probably been our best outside zone running back that we've had on the roster, even last year. And he had to learn how to pass protect, and that was really the only thing. You can't trust the guy to be in the game if you can't trust him to pick up and pass protection. And he's gone night and day from last year to this year. So I think he's going to have a big jump. Again, it's one thing for the head coach, a position coach, to bring up a player unprompted, different when it's a teammate. It's one of your own in that locker room. Now, how much can you learn? How much of a jump can you make when you're practicing in shorts and helmets, no pads on yet? You're just going on 50% or less as far as your speed. But maybe we do have someone in Eno Benjamin that has taken that next step and raising his hand and say, hey, don't forget about me. And there's a reason why a lot of his teammates cite Eno. Not only is he a very likable guy and, and fans love him, the ASU lineage, but he's been running scout team running back for a couple of years. He's made a lot of Cardinals defenders look bad in practice. He's that guy in practice. That's his game. And he comes out and he brings it when he gets his one and only big full pad practice of the week. And so when he goes out in a game and he excels, the sideline reacts, his teammates react because they've seen it firsthand. And here's a guy finally getting his chance. And then he's being productive in a game situation. So there's nothing more that a locker room loves about a guy who earned it. And so far, Eno has. And he talked about being patient. Maybe things haven't happened as quickly as he had hoped after he was drafted in the seventh round. But he has stuck with it, figured out what he needed to get better at, worked on it. And now all of a sudden we're talking about him potentially being that number two running back, being that Chase Edmonds equivalent as far as running between the tackles and also catching the ball out of the backfield. And you look now as far as Kingsbury's on record saying he thinks they're going to keep four running backs, Paul. But right now, don't forget about Jonathan Ward, special teams guy, and then your sixth round draft pick this year in Keontae Ingram. And they're high on Keontae Ingram. They love everything they've seen about him. He has the size. He has the pedigree agree could you get him to the practice squad if he's the odd man out he was the 19th running back drafted and we know it's not exactly the most valued position group in the nfl these days maybe you get away with sending ingram to the practice squad but all these guys not named james connor and daryl williams are going to get plenty of snaps and plenty of carries in the preseason there's no doubt in my mind that by the end of August, the Cardinals will know. The Cardinals will know, okay, who deserves a spot on the 53 and who does not? Well, and we've even seen Jonathan Ward a limited amount of offense, and he's performed when yep. his name has been called upon. We go back talking about special teams. The only reason we're talking about Jonathan Ward on offense is because he's active on game day and he has the trust of Jeff Rogers saying, no, he needs to be up in order for us to do what we need to do on special teams. And then if there's an issue finding another ball carrier now you've got him hey if this was the same numbers game a year ago there's no doubt in my mind Eno Benjamin would be cut but what he's done over the last year to earn Cliff Kingsbury's trust to maybe even get out of Cliff Kingsbury's doghouse if you will to improve his pass protection you got to be able to trust that running back and pass protection you can't risk getting your franchise quarterback hurt and he's got to know the playbook those are the two areas he has improved and earned the trust of his head coach and worked on special teams as well we've seen him on coverage units and return units as well maybe even as a kick returner that's a potential for Eno Benjamin coming up this season again a lot of questions here as we talk at the end of June questions that won't become answered until August maybe not even until September 
Special thanks to those behind the scenes here. Senior broadcast manager and producer Jim Omohundro, technical director Zach Larson, Paul Calvisi, I'm Craig Riolu. We will talk to you in one week's time. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat year-round, Tuesdays, 11 a.m. here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Happy July 4th. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.